Welcome to Lucky 13 of Season 6 of the Simplify and Multiply Show. And today I'm going to be speaking with entrepreneur startup champion Andy Lyons. And what's cool about this conversation I have with Andy is she's coming from a really unique perspective in that she helps founders, uh, you know, pitch their ideas to raise capital and get funding for their business. And so she's really looking at the early startup phases of big business. And what's cool about what Andy brings to the table in this conversation is how beliefs shape business in this stage of the startup phase. And when you're looking at raising multi-million dollars for a particular software application or anything, quite frankly, you really have to clean up your beliefs in order to get that to move forward. And so we talk a lot about uh, how those beliefs come into play and some of the things that are very unique to her world. So you're gonna love this conversation. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Well, hello there, Miss Andy. How are you doing this morning? Welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Terry, I'm feeling delicious. How oh, are you? Love it. Love it. You know, I was talking to, who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to Dale Roberts yesterday. He's going to be on the show too. <laughs> How much do I love Dale? One oh, of my, my favorites. Gosh. Right? And he he commented about how you referred, She said he said, I, I, I love the the adjectives that Andy uses. And the last time I talked to her, she said it was I was delicious. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. I love it. I love and it. he is. Yeah, we all have a, a form of deliciousness in who we be. Yeah. Amen to that. So I'm so glad to have you on the show. And I extended the season just to get you in on this topic because you work in a very unique space with founders and entrepreneurs. And even though this show is oriented towards solopreneurs, which is a, kind of a segment of that population, but they're not necessarily trying to uh, create uh, an enterprise business that maybe they have an exit strategy or something that can kind of grow on its own. Um, the strategy for solopreneurs that I speak with and support are those who are looking at a lifestyle business. So that doesn't mean that they don't want to work or create something that, that has, uh, you know, basically unlimited income potential, but their goal is more a passion goal and a lifestyle goal. So creating the business that works for them and fulfills them as well as allows them to have a lifestyle that they want. So that's kind of like the, the, the space that I want you to feel as you're sharing. And, in the context of beliefs, we've talked a lot um, this season about mindset, about you know how our own thinking gets in the way, and I've had some wonderful guests who have contributed to that and given some how-tos on you know some mindset work or things like that. But 
What I'd really like to reframe through your lens, working with founders and entrepreneurs who are basically launching companies that could be the next Zappos or the next Amazon or the next, you know, whatever, um, that we could just have a conversation around that. Are you game? I am so game. I'm ready to glow. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's just start with, tell me your experience of solopreneurs and what you see them really struggling with from the standpoint of belief systems, their thinking, and mindset? Well, there's a lot of things that happen for solopreneurs. Many, it's a haphazard moment. You're like reluctant or accidental. They may be working full-time and people start asking them, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Or they've been laid off Mm -hmm. and now they've got to use their package and their unemployment (laughs) benefits to start a business because they can't get hired for whatever reason. Or it is a passion and they've always wanted to do something. And of course, this is some of the challenges out there, Terry, for folks who hear the message, oh, do what you love. Well, look, don't ruin a really good hobby by doing what you love. (laughs) As a business, right? Yeah. Yeah, because as a business, because then you're going to turn it into a business, which means it's going to have to have different requirements for you to be a business owner versus somebody who loves gardening or photography or whatever that passion it is. Mm -hmm. And so it's finding that fine line between what am I passionate about doing? Because boy, you have to be on purpose with a business as a solopreneur, because you're the only one getting yourself out of bed in the morning. Yes, you are. (laughs) And the first struggle that happens for solopreneurs and, and listeners, you know this to be true, is when you're a newly minted founder with your wonderful business that you're ready to monetize with and do the customer discovery and serve the world with your brilliance, you're you may be stuck in your employee-trained paradigm. Oh, I love that. And so you're seeking approval, and you're seeking rewards, and you're using plans for a boss, not a customer. And look, your success depends on your making mistakes, on thinking of the customer first, and creating value and reciprocity Mm-hmm. You know, while you're implementing the workflow processes that you, know, you have to put into place as a solopreneur, you really have to shift from that employee mentality into the entrepreneur business owner mentality. And once that happens, you're going to see your day in a different way because you have to champion yourself every day. You have to get up and say, okay, you glow goddess or you dude, you're going to make it happen. Nobody else can do that for you. No wonderful feedback on any of your social media uh, platforms can do that for you. Only you can say, get up and get going. And every, if you've seen The Matrix, you know that scene with Trinity at the bottom of the stairs, you know, and she's pointing the gun up the stairs to who's going to come after her. And she's like, get up, Trinity, get up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's what you have to do every day is say, you know, I got to make this happen. And, and then you start putting things in place and understanding that one minute you're popping the champagne and the next minute you're crying into it. And <laughs> that's the flow of entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's not a, it's just not how it used to be on payroll. 
Yeah, big difference. You know, you made me think about I had Troy Hazard on my show uh, in season five. And he said, <laughs> I'll never forget this. He said, when you're a solopreneur, every day is Super Bowl. Yes. Every day is Super Bowl. <laughs> you got to get out there and bring your A-game every darn day. Yeah. (laughs) And as a solopreneur, you have to find that balance. And you have to find ways to outsource things that you're just not good at. That's Mm -hmm. so important. And you have to work backwards, meaning you have to start off and say, okay, how many customers do I have to reach in order to get the income, replaceable income, startup income, whatever you need to meet your bills and then achieve more, I say start there and start looking at your business and working your way back to how many hours you want to work and be very, very careful of your time. There's a website out there, I think it's called Harvest, where you can actually click and see how much time you spend on everything. So it's like a time tracker, yeah. It's a time tracker, exactly. So that's important. But also what can happen is, and this is so easy to do as a solopreneur who's passionate and on purpose and you know pulling together what are their services, what are their offerings, and working with their clients and all of that, is that you lose track of the fact that this is not you. Your business is your business. You are you. And what can happen is you start getting some negative feedback or you lose a client or something awful happens and you take it personally and you Mm. can put a real chokehold on your ability to move forward by being in your business that way. And so what I always recommend to my clients, whether it's a founder of a tech business consumer electronics, something that's going to be super scalable, or the solopreneur, is that you need to step outside your business and be an observer. Because if you're in your business, really just pulling your hair out, ready to run out into the street and say, we're all going to die, or you're thinking, hashtag why bother, or hashtag who cares, Mm You have to step out and say, okay, I'm going to be an observer here because right now I'm focusing on all the obstacles and that will never work. When you step out and look at your business as an observer, you're able to see the opportunities and you're able to see the possibilities and solutions will begin bubbling up because it's not about you. It's about what does this business need? And so those of you who are parents or pet parents, you know, you look at your, your pets or your kids and what do they need in order to advance in life? That's how you look at your business. Mm. And so you step out and it's, you're not the kid going through life. You're not the pet going through life. Your business, it's the same thing. Your business has its own life cycle and its own needs. And when you look at it that way, you're able to just remove yourself from the, the equation and able to find the solutions to the hairy problems that you're going to have every single day. And one thing I feel very strongly about, and I know Gary V talks about this too, is that the most successful founders and solopreneurs are those who love to solve problems mm-hmm. because a business is one big problem. <laughs> yeah. You're solving that a never problem. changes that state. <laughs> That's right. You're solving a problem for, for your clients or you know, for other companies or customers yeah. And uh, you have to love that process. It can't be, I'm going to make X amount of money every year and I'm going to do this. 
I mean, that's the outcome, certainly a delicious desire. But mm-hmm. along the way, you got to love the fact that you're coming up with ways and you've got to find ways and creative pathways, which is what you're so great at helping folks with, Terry. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because for the longest time, I was so attached to the work I did from a, I don't want to say a validation standpoint, but because, and I can see where solopreneurs who literally are making things like the makers, as opposed to the ones that are maybe executing their expertise mm-hmm. with like for from the stage or you know and it's a very very fine line but like I design I write so it's a true creative effort that comes from deep down within me mm-hmm. and it it's like got my DNA in it you know what I mean so it was it's always been really challenging for me to separate that because when you work in the creative world everything is subjective so you're much more exposed to criticism because of that subjectivity and the qualitative nature of creativity. You know, you can't say, well, this sentence, <clears throat> I mean, you can do some maybe testing and get all like weird about that. But <laughs> for all intents and purposes, you know, it's, it's language, it's visual, it's photography, it's all these different mediums that are highly subjective. And I, I, that was a big challenge for me because I put so much forward in my business and it is me. And so I'm glad you talked about that because I can see where that gets in the way. And one of the ways that I've been able to do that separation is by valuing myself more, which it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but when I valued myself more, I found that I valued my business more. And when I did that, I started being more responsible with the business and looking at it at as a business, as a distinct entity or vehicle for me to express what I do in the world. And that way, all of a sudden, things became less personal and they became less, um, you know, about me per se, because I was coming into the room already feeling value and not looking to my clients or social media or wherever to get that validation. And that was something that I was actually unable to figure that out on my own because I was so in the soup Mm -hmm. that I couldn't see that I was doing that. And it was uh, the work I was doing with a, a, a very good coach who brought that up in such a way and framed it for me so I could actually go, holy crap, I have no idea that that's what I've been doing. It was just my way of being. You know, it's like this is an intimate thing to be a solopreneur in your own work. Absolutely. And, and boy, those listening, you have got to take the nuggets that Terry just shared. Being an entrepreneur is the best personal development program out there. Amen. Worthiness is the core (laughs) challenge we all have, and it's a lifetime practice in every aspect. And that ability to value yourself as a solopreneur, what you're bringing to the world, that is a tough one because there's valuing yourself and there's also what will the market bear, right, on your services. Yeah. Yeah. There are some logical things around it, yes, that you have to figure out. (laughs) But being able to stay firm and being able to say no is Mm -hmm. really hard, especially when you're um, either bringing in money or the clients I help raise capital with, being able to say no to an investor when their startup is desperate for money, but that investor is not in alignment with their business. That's so, so hard. But, you know, to get back to the worthiness issue, it's, you know, it's a it's a constant challenge as a founder and an, as a solopreneur to find that sweet spot 
And so, you know, you've got to reach out. You've got to either get the coaching, take the courses. Mm-hmm. I have, There's a great organization called Founder Gym, and I took their money magnet course. And these are teachers that really know how to teach. And I came to the realization that I was just too generous in the world in the sense <clears throat> that I, I give out so much information. I was donating my time all the time. Mm. And... I, had to I call that free consulting. I do yeah. that all the time well, on sales know, calls. <laughs> I love working with the bootstrapped entrepreneur. Yeah. And so I had to realize that, you know what, I have a body of work. I have plenty of places that the bootstrapped entrepreneur can go for the yes. Andy Licious. And advice. you make it very accessible, too, yeah. by the way. And knock yourselves out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all there for you to grow your business. And that's super smart because you've scaled Andy. And that's how every business should be. You should take the stuff that's kind of like like for that. Because that's what I'm doing with Pappy Club, right? I'm making mm-hmm. Terry scale at scale and, and providing the information I would on as a one-on-one, but yet they execute. And that's But they're guided as opposed to like, here, I'm just going to dump you in this course and let you fend for yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to facilitate it. So Oh, and, and, and that's what I got. I love facilitated courses I you know Mm -hmm. it's so hard to do it yourself but I provide the DIY advice now and then those who want the actual hands-on so they can stop crying to their family and friends about their business (laughs) they have ways that they can work with me in strategy sessions yeah that's a smart business very smart business especially in the consulting world for sure it took me a couple years to figure that out Terry because again I just love the underserved underrepresented founders so you know it This is what I encourage everyone to remember that when you're building your dream, your your idea of a wonderful way to earn and live at the same time, it you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So often (laughs) uh, entrepreneurs are too optimistic about how quickly sales will build and how soon their business will reach sustainability and profitability. Mm And I remind people, you know, you're here to be the highest expression of yourself. I think Oprah used to always say that, right? And you know what? Sometimes that takes decades. Mm -hmm. It does. And it comes in in lily pad hops, right? So you have one experience and then another experience. And all of these things are building to the life experience that you have now Mm -hmm. to work on what it is that you want to bring to the world in that highest expression. And the hardest thing is that as a solopreneur you're sitting there of course you're looking around the room as i often do and say where are my people (laughs) (laughs) and uh and there's no evidence yeah and to be able to keep moving forward without that evidence and with a vision that many people just cannot see therefore you have people family and friends are looking at you like you're a train wreck about to happen Mm -hmm. or you don't have a real job (laughs) right and they don't have the stomach they don't have the mindset for entrepreneurship Mm. and so they don't understand what it is that you're going through that this is part of the journey and uh and so you know you've got to just keep moving forward without that evidence and and that's why one of my favorite books is seth godin's the dip because he talks about when do you need to quit Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wrote a post, Harry, based on Lady Gaga's book, A Million Reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, A Million Reasons to Walk Away, Give Me One to Stay. Mm-hmm. It's that way with your business sometimes, right? Yeah. And you have to know when is it right to stay 
And when is it right to quit? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you've learned what you've needed to learn from that business and your gifts and your experience is needed elsewhere. And so sometimes I just you know say, stay open. I've had four businesses, one that was heavily VC backed, one that was angel backed, and one that two that were charming personality backed. And each one had their own journey and gave me what I needed to Mm. now be even more fully expressed in the world. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you getting the sense that there may be some long-held beliefs getting in the way of your business thriving? A solopreneur business can be challenging at times to say the least. Everything from simplifying marketing to keeping your pipeline filled with a steady stream of great clients, there is a ton to do to run your business and be successful. The cause of these challenges may not necessarily be the economy, a missing marketing tactic or strategic action you're not taking, but a hidden belief that doesn't serve you or your business. The good news is you can uncover and change a belief that's sabotaging your business happiness, and I have the tools that'll help you. You'll find them inside my new home for solopreneurs, Pappy Club. I invite you to join for free right now. Get what you need to crush those limiting beliefs and define new beliefs that support business success and your overall happiness. Head over to pappyclub.com to sign up and start infusing your thinking with positive beliefs that support how awesome you are and all of the great things you've yet to accomplish in your business and life. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-L-U-B.com to sign up now and I'll see you there. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm I'm going through that myself with the expansion into Pappy Club. And even though it's still within my business, it's really, you know, from looking at the paper, it's like it's just an expansion, like I'm adding this other thing. But for me, I feel like I'm literally starting a new business and shifting and pivoting into this new way of, of helping people. And I would love it if, if it became the full thing that I focus on and truly did become its own thing. Um, but you know, I just love so much of what I do. It's hard for me to get my head around the idea of like, okay, it's time to quit. I've been banging my head against the creative wall for 15 years now. I've been in business. So it's like, I got past the survivability. So it's still going okay. So I'm not really seeing big signs to say, Terry, you need to do something else. (laughs) No, and, and you don't know. And that's why the dip is such a valuable read because you can set up ahead of time. When will I call it quits? So that helps Mm -hmm. you get through the valley of death that you're mm-hmm. crawling through sometimes. And and that call it quits could be to retirement. Yeah, if that's you a know, strategy. It doesn't necessarily mean mm-hmm. you got to go back into the workforce or you need to start a whole new thing altogether. Or that's buy a, right. And, you know, buy a Bollet franchise or something. Right. <laughs> and I personally am an unemployable. So for me, I've always had to figure something out. But I have to be honest, all my businesses came to me like a stray cat at the door yowling until I let them in. I said I no that. many times. Heck no. What? What? No. And then they kept niggling me and pushing at me and yowling. And I said, okay, come on in. Let's go. But I like that idea of staying open to that because, you know, I for me, I, I'm looking at my business as like this is what I'm going to do till I retire, right? Mm-hmm. And But yet the opening there is like, hmm. Okay, so it's, you know, it's not like any big major thing to shift and and do something else. 
um, you know, your expression of who you are in the four businesses that you've had, you're, you know, the it's like the bucket you're in is different in a mm-hmm. way. And I'm making some assumptions here, but you're still that amazing person and you're still growing and evolving through each iteration of those businesses. Right. And my needs have changed. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was in a group of 70 people who were ready to scale and seven figures and all of this. And, and so when I had to do the exercise around the income part, I was I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> I hear that a lot from new clients. They're like, I don't want to do the 100-hour work week anymore. I don't want to do this. And I want, I'm like, that's why I love working with the lifestyle solopreneur, because it's about getting them to that place where they can work smarter, not harder. Well, a quote I have for them is that it's not a case of having it all. It's finding a way to orchestrate the music of our life and make sure all the pieces are playing in harmony, because... As with a lifestyle business, we want the fulfillment of our work, mm-hmm. but we also want the fulfillment of the other things that we're doing in yeah. life. And finding a way to bring that all together uh, is wonderful. And there's a time and a season for everything. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more closely around beliefs and mm-hmm. the mindset around these, you know, kind of situations that we've already touched on. Um, I'm actually rereading. Uh, the, uh, the the Four Agreements oh, by Don Miguel Ruiz. And so what I love about, you know, he uses the term agreements and it's in the framework of all the conditioning we get, all the things we hear and stuff. So I, I interpret that or my language for that is like beliefs or stories or, you know, mindset kind of thing. And the things we're saying about ourselves and what we, as in his words, are agreeing are true about who we are. Right. And we make these decisions from when we're we, <laughs> right? You know, a three-year-old decided that I was going to be this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, and we're completely unconscious to it. We're in the stupid gas, so to speak. And so one of the cool things that I really love about the four agreements is that they're, they're ways to reframe or <laughs> abolish, if you will, the agreements that just weren't, aren't working for you. And so when we look at, at mindset and beliefs, and, and my structure around beliefs is it's just a thought you keep thinking and agreeing with. It's like you have a statement, which is well, a thought, right? As Byron Katie would say, who would you be without that thought? <laughs> yes. Oh, in I her, love that. In the book, The Work. Yeah, is yeah, I true? love that. That's cool. Yeah, Brian Katie, awesome. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about belief constructs that you see often in solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that really are, if you could wave your magic wand as their guide and help them like get rid of that or reframe that, what are some of those beliefs that you encounter? Well, first of all, there's there's so many beliefs that happen when you dive into a business because of all the mythology mm. around entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I, I, I invite the founder, the entrepreneur, the newly minted solopreneur to really look at where are they boxing themselves in mm. to a belief they have around entrepreneurship, how they're supposed to be. Because hey, if you're a woman, you're not gonna be a white guy with a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a hoodie. Um, but also the beliefs of what does what does this actually mean instead of you know really thinking about what they need from their business so that their business is working for them mm. as well as out in the world we we touched on the employee belief versus the entrepreneur belief and who they are 
and how they be with their business and the worthiness. That's a really important thing to remember that you are learning and it's not about quote winning every day. It's about learning every day and knowing, you know, having these beliefs about yourself that you should be getting it right, right away. That perfection is the death of creativity and you need to lighten up about how you're delivering things. You can improve and improve and improve, but don't let the belief of it needing to be perfect keep you from moving forward in your business. And there's an, there's another thing too. I don't know if it's so much about belief, but it's understanding fear. Mm. And we get, as Tony Robbins will say, you'll die on the hill of how. So you have to be really careful about the questions that you ask yourself. So don't get stuck on how am I going to mm-hmm. do this? Mm-hmm. You know, ask the who, what, where questions. And why. And the why. Yeah, yeah. why is a big one. And I'm always talking about how whenever I'm feeling the hashtag why bother um, that I have right handy with me, why am I doing this right mm-hmm. there? right yeah. at my fingertips so yeah. that I can remember. But the, you know, the, I want to go back to the shadow side of our fear and, and, and help founders, entrepreneurs understand that in order to walk this path, your belief around fear and doubt has to shift. So fear and doubt are present every day. If you push them away, they're going to get louder. And a lot of people feel they have a belief around fear and doubt that it has to be, nope, not going to look at that. I'm going to just use my positive affirmations and all of that. That's really not enough. And I look at it like this. You are baking a cake and you're putting in all the ingredients to make that cake delicious. One of those ingredients is called baking soda. And alone, it tastes terrible. And just like fear and doubt, it's awful. Who wants baking soda for dessert, right? Mm -hmm. But it's such an important ingredient in the cake's successful outcome. So just like you blend that baking soda in with the chocolate and the sugar and whatever your favorite cake is, that's what you have to do with fear and doubt. You don't dismiss them. You look them right in the face. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to look weird or like an idiot or I'm never, you know, whatever your fears and doubts are, look at them, hear them, listen to what they're telling you, and then say thank you and blend them into who you are. Take them by the hand and say, all right, we got this. I've got this. Let's go do this. Meaning by looking them in the face and talking to them and understanding what they're telling you, and acknowledging them, they get very quiet. They're still going to be there. They're going to crop up, trigger you many times, but just go, oh, that's my fear. I got that. Oh, that's doubt in my capability. I got that. And by shifting that perception, that belief around these two really good teachers, you're able to blend them in, quiet them down, and keep moving forward. Yeah, I love that. Great analogy on the baking soda, too, because it's a different way to look at 
you know, because people do. They they try to push fear away or squelch it down or tamp it down. And one of the things that I think is really important about what you just shared is that upon further examination, you can actually see the stories in your head Mm -hmm. that are driving that stuff. And it can often unfold in really beautiful ways where you can reframe, like, I don't know if I agree with that anymore. I can see mm-hmm. where I got that, right? I, I did something as a kid or, you know, I had this bad experience working for this company. And then for, forever since then, I've always said, well, I am this. Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying I am this, meaning, you know, I can't do sales or uh, I don't know how to do the right kind of research for my new app or whatever is being created, then that is really what's going to make that fear have fuel, And if you can examine deeper into what that might be or what you're thinking, that's why it's so easy to just look at a belief as a thought. And that's been such a great, powerful tool for me Mm -hmm. when I do self-examination and I say, all right, where did that, where's that coming from? (laughs) Like, what am I really thinking is true about this? What do I say to myself? This is how it is. This is reality and this is how you are. Like, well, what if I didn't agree with that? And what if that really wasn't true? What if I was just saying that? And when you peel it back that way in a very almost like exploratory type of a way that it becomes, it reveals itself for what it really is, which is just a bunch of words strung together that you agree with and create a belief and act as if it's reality. It's pretty crazy stuff. But fear is the the giant label on that whole file cabinet of all those beliefs. And I love what you just shared as far as acknowledging that it is part of the journey. Yeah, the dark side is there. And I, I got to tell you, folks, once you get past you're not good enough, you'll bounce up against who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I don't deserve this money. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and I think yeah. Les Brown, you know, he's so such a great motivational speaker. But he really does talk about how through the disappointments, through the failures, through the setbacks, through the pain, the process is going to reveal so much about what you can do, what does work, the greatness within you. So, you know, the self-awareness that comes through being a solopreneur and an entrepreneur, that can never be taken away from you. So whether this business works out or not, or you end up feeling complete after a certain period of time and you want to do something else, nobody can take away what's between your ears and in your heart. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, I want to punctuate that. And you know, it's also interesting. I think that um, I noticed that I encounter this with some of my clients. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to call them out or throw them under the bus, but a few of them uh, have a little bit of a lazy streak or they complain a lot about uh, how how overloaded they are with things to do. Like there's not enough time. They complain about their inability to get stuff done. I'm so busy. I've got all these things pulling at me. And to me, that's a flag Mm -hmm. for they've got a fear running them. Oh, sure. Procrastination is 100% fear. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, it's not laziness so much as it's the the excuse wall. And all I can say is whatever it takes just do it because on the other side of that deep fear, whatever it is, really is an incredible, great moment. Mm, and I the ability that. to live an extraordinary life or go to the next level where you mm-hmm. feel so great. I mean, I just had it the other day. 
wait a minute, what day is it? I just had that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, I, you know, I am great uh, live streaming with I, with a guest. And so I went solo. And I've been live streaming for years. I've never gone solo. I'm self-conscious about the fact that speaking extemporaneously is really hard for me when I'm looking at the camera and I'm wanting to share specific pieces of in- information. And, and I just kept saying to myself, be afraid and do it anyway. Be afraid and do it anyway. I'm scared. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> because well, it gets easier. I cannot tell you how deluded those scary moments get. Mm-hmm. And there's gentle ways. You don't have to go throw yourself off the bridge or you know, skydive. <laughs> there's gentle ways to take a little tiny step uh, into the fear. And then have that feeling, okay, all right, good, I did that, great. Let's do it another one and another one. And it gets better. Yeah, we have different personalities and natures. And so with your personal awareness, solopreneurs, you know, really look at how you can move through that and be brave. Which is why I love what you said earlier in the show about how having your own business, being a solopreneur, entrepreneur, is like the best personal growth plan you could ever. <laughs> I feel like I've grown more as a as a person and my personality and relationships and that have nothing to do with business <laughs> as a result of what I've gone through in this darn business. <laughs> it does get easier. But then, of course, what is it? Um, new level. I shouldn't use new devil. But, you know, as you go, as oh, new shovel. I think that's what it is. New level, new shovel. Um, it's you, you go deeper. On, mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, of course, unfortunately, as you crest into that wonderful plateau of yay, and you're congratulating yourselves and your arms up in the air, and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and you're doing your victory dance. <laughs> and you're there for a while, and you're really comfortable. But then you know only the good stuff happens. On the other side of your comfort, right? Of the growth, yeah, the growing pains. Oh my gosh, yeah, you nailed it, right? That's true. But, and all, but speaking of you know the laziness or procrastination, George Burns had this great quote that says, "Don't stay in bed unless you plan to make money in bed." <laughs> oh my God, an oldie but goodie. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <sighs> that is awesome. That's my favorite. I love that. I I am going to use that for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, Andy, it's been such a delight talking oh. with you. And, and I love what you're doing to help our founders and our bootstrappers out there and solos and entrepreneurs do what they need to do to bring their vision to the world. And uh, keep at it. Keep being Andy. And I love that we had you on the show this particular season. And thank you for all that you've contributed. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. 
That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.